the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, October 26, 2022. I am Seth Leaps, and many of you know I am consumed by modern society's focus and frenzy on the smaller problems compared to its indifference and impassivity to the large and serious problems the elites, media, and now generalized culture would rather us ignore. And with increasing deliberateness, with an increasing ideological reason for doing so, Take the John Fetterman contretemps. When an NBC reporter disclosed that John Fetterman could not engage in small talk and could not process incoming or outgoing language without a great deal of help, the NBC reporter was condemned by her profession and Mr. Fetterman's wife for being ableist. That's what was important. Someone said something uncomfortable. Two things of much greater importance were being ignored and covered up. Thing one... That the media, until about two weeks ago when the NBC reporter spoke up, had been concealing and covering for a candidate for high office because he represented their political views and his opponent offended their political views. Thing two, that the office Mr. Fetterman was running for, the magnitude of the duties Mr. Fetterman was looking to discharge, were are perhaps some of the most challenging and significant public duties one can aspire to. A U.S. senator makes life and death decisions about people in other countries, about people in his own country. He votes on foreign aid and war. He votes on taxes and economic and spending issues. He votes to confirm federal judges and Supreme Court justices. He votes on social issues and civil rights issues, issues of life and issues of health. And he is supposed to debate all of those things and be responsive to inquiries from his constituents and colleagues on all those things. This is not a symbolic office. If he can't process language or be relied upon to give coherent answers, he cannot rationally serve in that office. And the media covered all that up for months because they prefer his ideology to his opponent's. If you think this an exaggeration of any kind, just look at his answer on fracking from last night's debate. Nobody, including the moderator, could understand it, likely including Mr. Fetterman, as it seemed he didn't understand what he was talking about. Were Senators Arlen Specter and Pat Toomey at all significant public officials? Specter's legacy is still spoken of in a lot of fields. That's the office and the seat Mr. Fetterman is running for. But we shan't have someone we disagree with in that office, so we will cover up for him and say and act as if everything is just fine, saith the media. Until Dasha Burns of NBC played the role of the innocent child observing the farce and nudity of the emperor with the wardrobe everyone was admiring and supposed to be admiring but simply did not exist. At least in that story, it wasn't about anything too important. But then again, in that story, the child was also the hero. Here... Dasha Burns is the ableist bigot. Think about what is being sold here. 
The major crisis is a man of infirm health and ability who cannot process questions of public policy is being covered for because he can be coached and coaxed into voting, quote unquote, the right way on issues of massive and potentially deadly importance. But to the media and the Democrats, the major crisis is we now know all this or found out about it. Time was the media was supposed to challenge all these things. How else did Gary Hart's candidacy fail? Today it wouldn't. Investigation of candidates and public office holders only runs in one direction. Time was the media was its own institution outside of politics to be the watchdog of politics and to be the governors of the governors along with the people it was supposed to serve. That's how we came to know it anyway, as a fourth estate, separate, as Edmund Burke had it, from the clergy, the governing class, and the people, the other three estates. Now, there are only three estates once again, as the media has conjoined itself to and become part and parcel and distinguishable from the governing class. Why have a freedom of the press anymore? The point of the freedom of the press was to challenge government and those who wanted to serve as governors, not protect and shield them. Read any First Amendment case in the Supreme Court involving the freedom of the press. They all say what I just did. The First Amendment, Justice Hugo Black wrote with Justice William O. Douglas, was to protect the reporting, quote, of current views of vital importance to the people of this country, close quote. In one of the most famous Supreme Court decisions in history, known as the Pentagon Papers case, or New York Times versus U.S., an interesting name that, they would go on to write those two justices, quote, In the First Amendment, the Founding Fathers gave the free press the protection it must have to fulfill its essential role in our democracy. The press was to serve the governed, not the governors. The government's power to censor the press was abolished so that the press would remain forever free to censure the government. The press was protected so that it could bear the secrets of government and inform the people. Only a free and unrestrained press can effectively expose deception in government. And paramount among the responsibilities of a free press is the duty to prevent any part of the government from deceiving the people, close quote. Serve the governed, not the governors. Inform the people. Disclose deception. The idea that exists today is a burlesque and a farce. And it has had devastatingly impactful consequences. With COVID and public health, those who warned about educational catastrophe and mental health breakdowns, two very serious things, we should think, especially in dealing with our youth and young adults, were censored and censured by the media to protect the narrative of a government and a weaponization for political purposes of something that would not come anywhere close to harming our youth and young adults, as, say, devastatingly and impactfully. And now we have dual catastrophe of educational failure and mental health pandemia. Consider, we warned of educational losses and negative mental health effects like depression, disinhibition syndrome, alcohol, and drug relapse. And here in Arizona, to repeat something I said the other day based on the data from the Arizona Department of Health, more people under the age of 45 have died from fentanyl alone in one year, last year, than from COVID over the course of three years. 25% more people died from fentanyl under the age of 25 in one year in Arizona than all did from COVID in nearly three years. And yet it was the young and the young adults most constrained and abused and shamed in the name of COVID. 
This is why C.S. Lewis warns us of the devil's approach to the thing, to these things. Quote, the use of fashions and thought is to distract the attention of men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is least in danger and fix its approval on the virtue nearest to that vice which we are trying to make common. Close quote. We can say the same for the outcome of a presidential election. At least two polling firms have shown the censoring and lies about the Hunter Biden laptop changed the outcome of the 2020 election. The censoring, the, excuse me, the censoring and the lies came from the media. They are not a fourth estate. They are part of the first estate, indistinguishable now from the governors they were supposed to be the watchdogs of. Ovum lupo comitere is how the ancients put it, to set a wolf to guard the sheep. The suppression of the news is indefensible. That's a direct quote from the journalist's creed. It's attached to the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. But what we have now is the profession of the news suppressing information they themselves deem unhelpful to their political considerations and mentations. The industry now serves the state for an ideological purpose, which is, at bottom, a suppression of one of the two main political parties in America. Consider that. The media serves the government as its handmaiden in order to suppress truth and fact, so long as such suppression suppression is only against dissent from an opposing political party. I give you Pravda. I give you the Volksher Beobachter. The former was the official no- newspaper of the Communist Party in the USSR, the latter the official newspaper of the Nazi Party in Germany. Thus I give you creeping and rising totalitarianism as the one estate or institution tasked with guarding against it withers away from its task, job, and constitutional protections to do those tasks and job. jobs. The phrase, withering away, comes with an important history. It was coined by the co-founder of Marxism, Frederick Engels, when he wrote, quote, When the state becomes representative of society as a whole, it makes itself superfluous, superfluous. Government over persons is replaced by the administration of things and the direction of the processes of production. The state is not abolished. It withers away. Vladimir Lenin would pick up on this by stating, quote, the abolition of the proletarian state is only accomplished through a withering away, close quote. So recall, the point of communist totalitarianism was to serve the proletariat, the preferred or valued class. Once they are in charge, there is no need for violence to affect change, for they are the power, they are the state. And it can so convince everyone and everything, totalitarianism means total and complete after all, it can convince everyone and everything of its correctness, there is no need for government or state structure, and it simply and quietly withers away as a necessity. No need for state power after all, when everyone is in compliance with it, and its goals already. The constitutional structures are superfluous, unnecessary, which is a field a bit from where we are with relation to the First Amendment and the guardians of the guardians, those tasked with investigating and reporting on truth to power. But only a bit a field. For pretty soon at this rate, with the withering away of the media upholding its role and purpose, comes the withering away of the need for a First Amendment to protect it. It doesn't, after all, need protection from the state when it is the state. The problem is we are not all down with that yet. 
the society as a whole part hasn't been achieved to a uniform ideology and way of thinking here yet. And so we still need that protection, do we not? Well, not if you ask today's mainstream media. Shame on them for serving this all up and being part of it. And shame on them for the catastrophes they unleash on us as a result. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. If you're worried about stock market volatility and yet you are an investor or want to be an investor, our friends at Y-Refi have an investment for you in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the stock market. It's an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to 10.25% return for investors. And the investment can be a joint investment. It can be an individual investment, a trust, an IRA. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855 855- Three one six three zero eight seven. That's eight five five three one six three zero eight seven. Never a sales pitch. They just uh, like talking about what they do. Leave the selling up to me. Tina's in Star Valley. Hello, dear. How are you? I am excellent, and so are you. <laughs> well, and my English teacher. Um, you know, I. I I remember our discussion about Grammarly, Yeah, and uh, I listened to your entire monologue. Let let me remind the audience that may not have heard it just briefly what that was. (laughs) So there's this site uh, or program I I used for fun uh, called Grammarly, and it kind of helps you with your sentence structure, and perhaps um, I guess that's mostly what it does. And I didn't know this, but it gives me a weekly rating of how I'm doing. And it said, uh, basically, my sentence structure, as well as my vocabulary, is better than 17% of other Grammarly users. And I thought, my gosh, I, I have some work to do here. Anyway, go ahead, Tina. Oh, you know, I and, and I said, um, it, it's a site that I believe is run by dilettantes who don't know um, you know, they uh, don't go dilettantism really, from diligence. I, I, yes. Okay. That's, that's right. Okay. There you go. There you go. And, you know, as I, as I also reference way back, uh, quite a few years ago when Microsoft opened its own dictionary online, they, uh, they said that exact synonyms were rights and privileges. And that huh. was when I just, you uh-huh. know, I lost it because obviously, yeah. you know, that's, incorrect but that's that's propagandistic i have my own Um, problems with microsoft's language (laughs) programs do you know what they did to my last name for five years the autocorrect you can imagine two women loving oh yeah yeah anyway go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well okay your your uh your monologue was absolutely pristinely perfect oh well thank the prepositions were right even in a compound you know when you have something uh, and you need of and from for the second part uh-huh. it was all good so you need to stop you need to give up grammarly move on.org uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh you are so funny and so kind well as an english teacher i take this as high praise so thank you well you know here i am an old school english teacher i mean a i'm 75 I grew up in Singapore and Jamaica, and in Singapore, I learned the King's English. Yeah, that's right. The wee one. That's right. And we were uh, we were 
schooled in diagramming sentences and, you know, the prepositions had to conform properly, even if you had a compound uh, sentence. And, you know, I, I, I have this, I don't know, my father had perfect pitch and I may have perfect pitch for grammar. It just, it, I can hear things that make me crazy constantly. Yeah. And, you don't need to worry about Grammarly. Those people, right. leave them in the dust. All right. All right. <laughs> I just found it weird that I, I, I mean, without being too, too, too uh, self-important about this stuff, without being too, uh, too arrogant about this stuff, I just thought I was maybe a little better than 17% of the population on, on, on my use of language. But if not, I'm, then not. Okay. All right. Good, sir. You are way better than 17%. <laughs> need the validation. My self-esteem is so low, I need the validation of this uh, this tool I hadn't heard of until a couple of weeks ago. All right. Very right. good, Tina. Thank, well, you. thank you. No, thank, thank you. you for your high praise and, and remarks, as always, in everything you do. I appreciate it. We need more English teachers of the old school. Like you, I, I was reading. Here's here's how bad it's fallen. Uh, George Orwell had a great essay, "Politics in the English Language," which is not just about politics. It is actually also about the English language and and phraseology that we underuse and overuse. And uh, just as a as an aside, I, I, just because someone I guess has a lot of letters behind their name doesn't mean all that much. Uh, I was reading uh, on. Uh, Twitter from uh, uh, someone I, I respect as a writer very much was uh, telling me uh, was telling Twitterverse was telling the world that um, that his son was uh, his son who's in the eighth grade was corrected on a paper uh, twice incorrectly the son had it right uh, both times and the teacher uh, circled it as wrong and and, and gave him the misdirection. Uh, so I suppose we're supposed to live in a world of of whatever the experts, the elite, tell us is misinformation or disinformation. I had that in grad school. I had one professor I remember, uh, leftist for what it's worth, but a professor nonetheless, grad school, uh, who uh, misused the word uh, – uh, let's see. Used, misused the word pen- penultimate routinely. And uh, corrected one of my papers, I recall, uh, by um, when I spelled the name of Daniel Borston correctly, she changed it to Daniel Borstein, uh, which is incorrect. Anyway, um, I, I don't know what to do with this except uh, except to say let's lift and raise the standards. Let's not sink them as as our education, uh, as our new nation's report card is showing. We're getting used to. Not anymore to a rising tide of mediocrity in our education uh, systems anymore. We're getting used to a continuing ebb of decline. I'm going to have a guest on, an education expert in the second hour, talk a little bit about these new test results that we just saw come out earlier this week. A lot more coming up, a lot of guests for you today. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. It's a bright website, uh, bright in light and bright in uh, intellect. He also has his own radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. He is with us now. Hi, John. How's it going, Seth? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. I was just thinking. Yep. One, one guy goes in. 
Kanye West goes into Sketches and gets thrown out. Twitter, mm-hmm. <laughs> Elon Musk goes into Twitter today and it's shaking everything sink. up with a porcelain sink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is going on? Um, let's talk, though, about something that is right in your wheelhouse and what you, uh, what you have made uh, an expertise of. Uh, th- looks like there's going to be a change uh, for contributions to retirement accounts next year. Talk to me about this. Yeah, so each uh, year uh, the government assesses you know, the opportunity for those of us out there who are participating in 401ks or retirement plans of some fashion or another, uh, and they set limits as to how much we can contribute per year and deduct that from our income, and that gives us a little bit of a tax break initially. Uh, But knowing that in the future, when we pull money out of these accounts, we're going to have to claim that income and pay taxes on it. But we get tax-deferred growth for all of those years that we allow these assets to grow. Traditionally, 401ks had two um, levels of contributions. One would be if you're up to the age of uh, 49, and then once you hit the age of 50, there's usually an additional amount that they would allow you to contribute called the catch-up provision. And for 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, these are all um, company-sponsored retirement plans for employees. Those limits uh, last year for 2020, or this year for 2022 were $20,500 if you uh, were under the age of 50. Mm -hmm. If you were over the age of 50, then you had that catch-up provision, which you could contribute an additional $6,000, I believe it was. So, But now they've increased that to $22,500 is the amount that you can contribute in 2023, not this year, but next year. And then there's an additional uh, 60, uh, I think it's $7,000 that you'll be able to contribute on top of that or 7500 So about $30,000 a year is what you'll be able to contribute to your 401k. That does not include, Seth, any contributions made by your employer as well. Is this an adjustment, John, made uh, to catch up with inflation or cost of living if you want, or, or, or is this something we saw coming regardless? No, I think this is uh, something that happens fairly regularly, but I do believe that it is also a part of a way for the government to allow people to contribute to their retirement uh, in a more tax efficient way and giving them more money to contribute to keep up with the cost of, you know, just about everything uh, in the future going up. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other question I wanted to run by you, John, because uh, we talk about investments, we talk about uh, retirement. The other story that was kind of interesting, and you said we'd get this report this week, new home sales have yeah. fallen a little over 10%, it looks like. Uh, what does that tell us for anything? Well, anything? I mean, it's certainly uh, what's what's going on with the Fed policy right now, raising interest rates, is certainly having an effect on real estate. Uh, when we see the interest rates, the home mortgage interest rates now breaching 7%, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to certainly cause a, a little bit of a problem. And what we did, I saw one of the home builders uh, reporting, stating that uh, 25% of their uh, contracts on new homes uh, are are being canceled uh, for a number of reasons. One of them being, one of the major reasons being uh, the interest rate uh, making it to a point to where people are not able to qualify for that purchase. Mm -hmm. So the only other alternative for people is going to either put more money down on that property and borrow less, 
or buy a, a, a lower valued home so that your uh, mortgage will be in line with what your income and expenses are. Right. And and theoretically, that would mean that's a safer bet for the banks, I suppose, right? Yeah. And, you know, I did read another article about one of the home builders. It was in Las Vegas where they're seeing a tremendous drop in the number of sales. But basically what they said is that we're not going to make the same mistake that we made in 2007 and eight during the financial crisis that occurred then. He says we are in a position right now where we own less land, yeah. we've built less spec homes, yeah. and we're better financed and we've yeah. got better reserves. Yeah. So companies are better, in a better position than they have been during these... They're not carrying as much uh, baggage or debt or some such. Just as Americans, many Americans are not carrying as much debt as well. But there are those out there, Seth, unfortunately, some who are taking on more debt and more debt via credit cards. I just caution people, please be careful about that because those credit card interest rates are staggering, and uh, oftentimes it's very difficult to get out from under Yeah, those. they're going to get you. You bet you. Hey, yeah. John, thank you very much, sir. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and Sipic and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Check out our website, grandcanyonplanning.com. Thanks, Seth. Godspeed, John. Thank yep. you, sir. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, it's Wednesday, so we check in with our constitutional, legal, and election um, expert, Brett Johnson. He is a partner with the law office of uh, with the law offices of Snell and Wilmer. SWLaw.com is their website. Uh, offices around the country. Uh, delighted uh, they're based here, and he is based here. As we are delighted, he joins us every week. Brett, how are you? Thanks for being with us. Good, and thanks for having me, Seth. Uh, always interesting times, yeah. especially in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I uh, get a few questions about this here and there. I'm sure you get a ton. Uh, let's start with uh, a story that the Arizona Capital Times is writing up. Uh, the headline is, Judge could decide as early as today whether to restrict ballot drop box watchers. This is a kind of a new thing we're reading about these uh, ballot drop box watchers. That, that's the better emphasis, ballot drop box watchers. Uh, actually, one of the judges here is a friend of ours. And um, tell, tell us what we're looking at here. What is this uh, ballot drop box watching issue? Yes, and this has obviously been in the news uh, quite quite regularly over the last few days since uh, definitely early voting started and, and then drop boxes were put out there. But not a new issue. I just want to uh, point everybody Good. back to that. You know, these drop boxes have been around for for quite a while, many different elections. Usually not up in Maricopa County is the issue. Okay. It's usually um, Yuma County and Santa Cruz are the big ones. If those are outside of Arizona, those are uh, uh, the southern part of Arizona, closer to the border. Um, but even um, uh, up here where you used to and still can in some cases be able to take it in and drop it off at a clerk or a recorder's office, um, there's, there's um, it, it, it questions about people doing observation. And, and so this is just not a new issue. It's, it's new in the context that we have today, obviously, and this is what uh, Judge Mike Liberti is having to have to deal with right now in an actual hearing, um, is, is the context of, of intimidation, right? So there's one thing, observing, making sure that ballot harvesting isn't occurring or some other illegal conduct is occurring. And that is 
by the way, traditional in our in our mechanism, right? There's a thing called poll observers. Uh-huh. Both the Republicans and the Democrats have been looking for poll observers for the last several months to volunteer. Oh, I'm asked every two years by someone you know very well to help. Out yeah, that, 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 yeah, you bet. That, that's right. Yeah. that's right. I try to I try to veto that one every year. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, but you know, once in a while. Uh, so, so poll observer poll observers is not a, is not a new concept, and it goes back to the founding of the Constitution because literally you used to have to walk in and um, and you wanted to have a poll observer there to basically ensure your rights were protected. It's, it's gone a little bit further here, at least through the media reports and, and definitely some of the videos that we've seen, is is the concept of intimidation. Right. And that's that's now going one step further. And, and you have folks who have uh, showed up in, in uh, tactical gear or, or carrying, carrying weapons. And so that's what uh, Judge Liberty is having to address right now in a very interesting case because um, he, the, 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 it's a civil case against organizations that are possibly promoting this or, or otherwise discussing it, but not necessarily against the individuals who are there, because there's no near, real linkage between the people. You can't really link that person and saying that person is tied to this, this uh, organization. So right. it's going to be interesting to see how Judge Liberty uh, weaves that thread, let's just put it that and, way. And the burdens of proof must be kind of an interesting thing, too. What, do you have to, what, do you, what is the burden of proof you have to have to show that you were intimidated from voting? You know, and it's interesting you say that, right? So you have two different, uh, you have multiple different phrases here. So one is actually criminal. Uh-huh. And in Arizona, that's Title 13, and that's beyond a reasonable doubt. But right. that's not what has been brought here. Right. Right. Yeah, this is a civil case, so it's a preponderance of evidence. Yep. It's more likely than not. Yep. And, and that's kind of an eye of the beholder. Um, but in the context of how these uh, these plaintiffs are raising it, you know, they're trying to do a blanket one across the entire county or even across the entire state as to an organization. And when you look at the laws, it's really meant as as to the event occurring right there yeah. and whether or not you can do it. So it is preponderance of the evidence. That it's, it's just more likely than not. But um, it's, still it's not an easy lift, like, probably not 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 an easy lift um, in any in, in any respect, especially when you. When you have to still link the act of that individual back to the organization, so there is some, you know, guilt by affiliation or guilt because somebody said something in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm not making that up. No, that's, that's right. Where this organization's right. from, yeah. um, you know, and and so it's like is somebody from Tulsa, Oklahoma, really telling somebody in Arizona, and that Arizona person's actually going to carry it out? That's going to be a threat. It, it, instead, I would imagine that Judge Liberty is going to really put this back on the government and say, you know, you need you need to bring me real cases yeah. of individuals, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll definitely handle those. Yeah, I, I think uh, that, that, that that would be my guess is the direction there. You would now, know he, better. And, and yeah. he might be completely upset by, with me if I even think such a thing. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm debating in my head whether I want him listening to the show or not listening to this show. That's it's right. kind, of a, kind of a delicate balance there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett, there's another interesting thing going on in Co- Cochise County. A couple of the members of the Board of Supervisors there are uh, are pushing for uh, a hand. I guess it would be a hand count of results in addition. Count. Yeah, talk to me about what's going on there. So Cochise County, which is always an interesting county, by the way, it's um, um, it's it's when we're doing election day uh, activities and we're trying to ensure the integrity of the vote, et cetera. Um, Cochise County is kind of sometimes out there on, on its own, and, and but from both the Democrats and the Republican side, by the way, it's just, it's just an interesting little microcosm down there. But in this context, with Cochise County, or at least two of the board of uh, uh, board of supervisors wanted to do was basically do a complete hand count 
of all the ballots, both the ballots that are, are, are mailed in as well as the ballots that are cast on Election Day. And that is not acknowledged or recognized or authorized, more importantly, underneath Arizona law. And that's where they're kind of getting into a little bit of trouble. So there's a, there's a lot of theories out there that hand count is much better than electronic count. But under Arizona law, it's really done by, um, you know, you, you put it into the machine, there's a count, there's a read. But there is afterward a sampling right. of 2% of two percent of the, of the precincts. Right. And and then if there is an anomaly, then, then they go to a greater... Uh, um, um, a batch, and then they go to even a larger batch until you finally figure out what the problem is and possibly even a full hand count. But that's all post-election. Mm-hmm. And in this context, they're trying to move for um, full full, full count immediately, and that would count. Now, the difference here is, and you got to remember Bush v. Gore, yep. right? Bush v. Gore was different counties doing different things. That's right. And so you'd have one vote in, you know, uh, oh, my gosh, I forgot what the counties were, but you, the guy with the big eyeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all uh, remember yeah, that one, it, sure. I all remember him. Right. He, he, was, he was applying one standard in the county, um, and a different one was applying a different standard, and so that's what the concern was. And that's the concern here, too. If you have Cochise County or any county in the country um, in, in, in using that state's laws, is different than the other in Arizona, the other 14 counties, that raises concerns because when they come up to certification, and we all know what happened last time, yep. when it comes up to certification, then there's a question as to whether or not that certification is allowed. I think, I'm going to read a little bit of tea leaves here, yep. I think the Board of Supervisors are going to limit, and there's nothing wrong with after the election doing some auditing and doing uh, a review of the ballots for purposes of determining the accuracy. Um, it's just using that as the count, I think, is what the concern is here. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but it's just showing how you know we're getting close to the end of the election, the elections are tightening up, and you're going to see people coming out of the woodwork with different ideas, yeah. uh, both from the right and the left, as to how things are going to happen. And quite honestly, if I was a judge right now, I might want to go on vacation. Yeah, I know. I get it. Call it a political yeah. question and throw it to the state legislature for the next term. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm with you, Britt right. Johnson. Thank you, sir, very much. So crystal clear. Thank you for everything. Perfect. Appreciate you very much. Appreciate it. Brett Johnson, partner at Snell and Wilmer, SWLaw.com. Uh, not a not a sponsor uh, of the show, just we love Brett because he's the best there is. I'm Seth Liebson. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. The stock market has lost nearly 20% since the beginning of the year, and it's going to be hard to afford to live on 20% less in retirement, isn't it? Inflation continues to devalue your money, and if you want to stop the bleeding, consider converting some of your investments into gold with the only gold company I recommend, the Midas Gold Group. That is to say the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Economists tell us that the downturn on Wall Street is not over and there could be greater losses, but gold holds its value, protecting your investments, savings, and wealth. If you're interested in precious metals from the Midas Gold Group, check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. The only precious metals group I and Seb Gorka and thousands of you already use the Midas Gold Group. Going to uh, check in on a few other issues in the next hour. Uh, we're going to have an education expert, Eric Twist, joining us to walk us through the nation's report card results that we just got. 
earlier this week showing uh, what I have been calling not a rising tide of mediocrity, as the Nation at Risk report said we were <clears throat> we were achieving in the early 80s, but rather a steady and continuing ebb of um, failure. That's one. The other, uh, we're going to check in with David Harsanyi over at The Federalist to talk about this uh, this thing that is another issue of mine, another passion of mine, trying to wrestle with the right phraseology to it. I, I call it opinion principle hierarchy, this notion that there's, according to the culture, according to the Democrats, according to the media, according to entertainment, according to industry, really only one rational party in this country, the Democratic Party, really only one sane party, and that to vote for the Republicans is a vote against democracy. Even Jimmy Carter said that just today. Incredibly, he put out a statement uh, that if you vote for Republicans, it will pave the way for an anti-democratic takeover of our country. You got that? You vote Republicans, that's a takeover of the country, an anti-democratic takeover of the country. We're going to talk about that with Harsanyi as well. So a lot more coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 